Well, welcome to the commentary track for the first episode of Cylon Season 1, The Baltimore Plot. I am Darian Lindell, the writer and creator and executive producer of Cylon and all its incarnations. I'm in Seattle, Washington. With me today is Megan Arnett, the artistic director of LG Theater, executive producer of this radio play, and my oftentimes creative partner. Uh, she joins us from Bellingham, Washington. Say hello, Megan. Hi, it's Megan, but I also am actually from Bremerton, Washington. Did I say Bellingham? Well, yeah. F me. That's okay. We're off to a great start. I know. <laughs> Weird. Uh, I'm on Bremerton, not an island, Washington. Uh, across across the water from you, though. You feel far away. Um, I do. Yeah. We we also have with us the immensely talented and delight of a human being, uh, Daniel Christensen, who plays Lord Byron. Daniel I is for sure you were introducing Roy. <laughs> no, no, no. I thought for sure they were introducing. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Uh, Daniel's in Seattle as well. Say hello. Hi. Salutations. Uh, also with us today is the luminous Sean Marie Stanton, who reads the advertisements for this radio play and has a long history with the show. Say hello. Hello from Sarasota, <laughs> not an island in Florida yet. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last but not least, we are treated to the vocal bliss that is Roy Stanton, who plays the announcer in the show. Uh, uh, yeah. Say hello. I'm very glad to be here. Hello, everyone. Uh, also is with the lovely Sean Marie in not an island yet. <laughs> Bradenton, Florida, but we are getting uh, thinking about getting a, a boat, a small boat, maybe. It's, it's you know, something inflatable, wise, just wise. in case. Uh, um, let's see. Water, so, water everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Before we begin, um, Megan, could you kind of situate us a little bit and give us some history of how this project came to be a radio play? Yeah, so the universe of Cylon, the secret impossible league of the Noosphere, um, has been something that we have been living in for more than a decade. Um, it started as a little, a little nugget of a commission that LG Theater um, reached out to Darian that we wanted to create um, a sci-fi episodic live theater um, project and wanted Darian to write that. So um, after many years of deep world building mm -hmm. that we did together with the help of um, some amazing actors, the ones that are here today, I think have been here for the whole time. Uh, we were able to do a wonderfully successful live production in 2017. And we're working on moving towards the next plays. Um, and this particular incarnation um, actually is a, product of the plague our mm -hmm. our pandemic <laughs> um we you know everyone had been doing a lot of work online together since we couldn't be in person and just like a lot of other companies we um, were looking for new mediums to work together when we couldn't be together and darian introduced us to the great folks of pendant productions um, so that we could create this audio drama and uh, keep working in this universe together. So it's a whole new, this is the first uh, dip into any kind of recorded podcast type um, radio play production for LG Theater. 
And uh, let's see, Daniel, do you do you remember how you came came to be associated with this project? That's a great question. And uh, just before we started recording, we were talking about how awful my memory is. So, um, you know, I had vague notions uh, when I was thinking about this last night. Um, and I so I went back into my old emails and found the earliest uh, mention I could find was in November of 2013. Uh, they We were making plans for a layer cake reading uh, layer cake was an event that uh, li- well is an event I think that live girls occasionally produces uh, where they do readings of um, new work and um, Cylon was uh, was on the docket for that reading and uh, I think I found let's see it was featuring uh, Roy Sean Marie Alyssa Keen Ali Pratt myself Matt Middleton and Troy Lund so a lot of the uh, a lot of the same players and a few faces that we haven't seen for a while. Yeah, I think that was the very first time that it was public that we opened it up to the public mm. to hear. Um, that sounds I great. Think, yeah, and I sorry to interject here, but I actually can't remember now whether the very first reading was at um, Brian Neal's Beehive when it was just like the first act. I believe that was the very first reading and then we moved to Phil Duff's wonderful log mm. house in Roosevelt and did the more extended mm. version. But I think Daniel, I think you read Byron every time. Yeah. We've never had another Byron. Oh, yeah. wow. Mm-hmm. Honor beyond my station. Um, <laughs> there was also, and I, d- I also found, I think we did a reading at the beehive um, in 2018. Mm. Cause I found an email about that too, for uh, the second episode. Yeah, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kay Brian Neal is a great friend, friend of the arts. Yes, that's true. Uh, Sean Marie, do you remember oh, your first what, encounter? I I do. And Daniel, you're not the only email sleuth. I had done the same thing. <laughs> and uh, my very first encounter was back in September of 2012, so 10 years ago. And I think that might have been the very beginning of the layer cake uh, process, which was, I guess, non-public readings, Megan, maybe. Oh gosh, maybe um, that now, now you yeah. got me. Look and I, I had this vague recollection of one of those being down in the Rainier Valley. I can't remember the name of that theater. That <gasps> Mount Baker Community Center. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah. So those very first encounters I had, I was reading Ada Lovelace through that layer cake process. Yeah. Yes, you are correct. That was cool. the first public one. All right. Um, yeah, and so then my my involvement over those early years was in the development process before that first stage production. And then uh, when the pandemic hit, we had moved to Florida. And I was just so excited. I think both Roy and I were to um, be able to be involved once again with the the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Darian, do you remember at the Mount Baker Community Center? I believe we were. Uh, I absolutely do. Setting uh, up, and we were setting up and downstairs in like this giant bathroom doing emergency panic edits, like on the floor of the bathroom before that reading. <laughs> and I was running up and giving like adjustments to actors. Do you remember that? Uh, uh, I think I blocked that out. I, I believe yeah. you. 
too. Like I can picture the bathroom literally sitting, like locking the door and sitting on the floor of this downstairs hidey hole bathroom and just like, just slashing, freaking out. It was definitely that feeling like we, we had to have had this world completely figured out. No, no, we need to have all of the confusing things fixed. Yeah. And, and then we all realized, you know, some of the things can stay a little confusing for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a uh, uh, seven years from the from the beginning of writing it to the first production of it. So it was a yeah. and I think we had five readings at least. So it was a yeah, it's a complicated, complicated world. So and thank you all for being a part of making it. Uh, Roy, do you have anything before we begin that you want to share about your journey? Uh- only that my memory is as, as faulty as, as everyone else. Uh, and I did not have uh, the email string to sleuth through, but I, <laughs> I do believe I, I came in uh, early on, uh, maybe the, the second time it was done. I do remember being at, at Brian Neal's mm-hmm. place and doing a reading there. Um, but I don't know if I was there the first time when Sean Marie was. Um, I don't think you were. I think you came in a little bit later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and Because I, I, at that time I was reading Tesla, and you know some incidental parts um but yeah i think it was in fairly early but not as early as as yeah you you actually read a character that doesn't exist in the show in the very early ones so when we did the house read the in-house readings before we did it public uh uh, what was the the count of cagliostro right who doesn't exist anymore which is probably why you've like (laughs) at least doesn't exist in the universe right now okay yeah, He's on another ship out. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> to the noosphere. Cool. But yeah, um, and it was it was always great to do the readings. Um, and I, I think, I'm trying to remember if, if, Megan, you were the one who got me involved in it or not. Yeah, I'm usually that ringleader. I think you were. <laughs> we, we collaborated a couple times already and had a great time. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was just another chance to work with you again, which is awesome. I think this was post uh, Bone Portraits together where you had played yeah, yeah. Edison and you and Sean Ray had, had worked on and we were pretty committed to still playing together. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember Bone still. Portraits. That was lovely. Such a good show. Mm-hmm. Edison and the X-Rays, really amazing play. Uh, oh, my goodness. Now I can't remember the playwright. That's horrible. I'll have to look it up and give credit later. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to just start start listening right now uh, and give some commentary as we go uh, so this is where I give the spoiler warnings uh, we will be spoiling all of episode one we will try <laughs> hard not to give spoilers for episodes two through six but no promises we might slip up so there's your warning yes exactly <laughs> uh, okay so let's get started now Miasma Plague Mask Company is proud to sponsor this audio performance of The Secret and Impossible League of the Noosphere, presented by Live Girls Theater and Pendant Productions. There's my Galovjurax music. Yay. (laughs) Hoping to build a safer world, Miasma Plague Masks have long protected 17th century physicians from the Black Death. (laughs) This is really just to situate us in the pandemic, like fully in the pandemic. I was, I was completely excited that you did go with the plague masks because I'd been thinking about them by this point for what a year into the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
It's a great way to situate us, situate us in the midst of a bunch of anachronisms too. Yeah. Totally yes. get getting back to normal. It's sure. It's totally getting back to normal now, right? This is your first encounter with the Noosphere. Welcome. Welcome to a world where reality is formed and destroyed through the power of ideas. Ever had an idea? That I personally hadn't heard of the Noosphere until the whole project. Neither did I. Same. I for, yeah, I first heard of this from a Russian director that came to work with us at Cornish, and it blew my mind. He said it was the key to acting. You just reach up to the noosphere, and all experiences are available to you. It is a Russian philosophy. Mm. It's true. This episode, a ripple in the noosphere. It was fun to try and give them titles. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do like the addition of the announcer in the advertisements to sort mm -hmm. of frame it so much more yeah it's my pleasure to introduce you to our narrator the ghost ship yeah Mary Celeste. i like was... that it allows you to like have those concepts and then just mm -hmm. listen to the story right was radio contemporary with these characters or it was in uh, a contemporary with tesla yeah. uh, not not with not with the other characters so um but it was and according it was to the universe they have access to everything that's within their collective lifespan i think so oh, yeah yeah totally that works right you know mm -hmm. it fits on so many levels actually of an analytical engine they protect the noosphere from well you'll see you'll <laughs> <laughs> see mysterious imogen has such a delicious voice i love her it's so um important to try and think about because theater is such a visual world where you don't mm -hmm. describe anything <laughs> you you let it be you let it be you know just uh, discovered by the dialogue or by what the stage action so to try and figure out how to write what the sound design was and then the the gift that was the the engine's message is the the sound the sound design from the director um and assistant director vincent paul was they really they really made it come to life in a way it was <laughs> difficult for me to imagine did vincent well, handle all the foley work or was it is it somebody else uh, vincent and paul did did all the foley work they, i'm not sure how they they broke it up i guess i'll find that out in another commentary just let me sit down my drink was such an exciting opportunity to think about it as a radio play for that very reason too because i remember when we were working on it you know you would write you're very good at writing impossible stage directions <laughs> that are like you know people like disappear or like materialize or whatever and you know people would bring up like how's that going to happen in readings and i would i kept having to like calm you down i'd be like just write it we figure that out with a design team like just let it be like let it be and now the new design team get to interpret it. It's very exciting. Here you are. You really do make a <laughs> I see that. Sounds are great. Let's print words on paper. Don't sell yourself short, my good fellow. You've designed a machine to craft whatever you ask of it. I'd like to ask to this you about your accent work. Us about the <laughs> I know. Oh, well, uh, you know, I just went back to all the audio recordings of Byron and... Um... <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a paper reproduction of a newspaper advertisement. Gentlemen, back to the deviation. If you I know. wasn't actually sure a detective agency need what kind of an accent Byron should have, because I, I don't Miss Warren is know what, what, you know, Pinkerton, uh, don't pay that what class. accent would have reflected the class that he, right. that he grew up in. But nobody objected, so I just, I just <laughs> yeah, what came with naturally. No one from the Byron estate has got mad. Yeah, I'm just waiting for the call. Well, listeners, if you know, <laughs> send us uh, a disembodied voice. Let us know. The source of the anomaly. I will go. Dennis Duck, allow me. I know how you feel about Americans. I can't one remember. One of the things I loved the most was the relationship of Ada and Byron. That oh, was so much fun yeah. in the readings. That really grounded me in the writing uh, to really, when I would come back to like, what is this play about? I just kept thinking it's about fathers and daughters. Yeah. Absolutely the heart of the story. Mm -hmm. I agree. Shall we? Aren't you forgetting something? Am I? You need an anchor. We are stepping out of the noosphere and into 1856. You'll need to look the part. Take this hat. Is that really necessary? I think that's one of those examples where something that seemed like would be so difficult to convey to the audience, you really mm. figured out a way to make it easy. I should go. You didn't have to explain to them about anchors. I love, I love those moments. There are a few things in this episode with that, that work like that. I was just admiring the way exposition is done rather deftly worked into the, the dialogue. Yeah, it's really, it's smooth. There's not a, a lot of like clunky, well, here we are on a castle in Denmark. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, really. Between these silly hat angles and cumbersome bollards, Bo Brummel would give me the cut direct. I was so delighted to get a reference to Bo Brummel. Oh, <laughs> Didn't make it into the stage play, so I was like, yes. I never allow Ada do anything. And isn't that telling? Yeah. Trains bound for Evanston, Springfield, and Decatur will be departing in 10 minutes from platform 7, 16, and 2. MVP of the live show. Yeah, no kidding. He was even the machine, like he he ran the machine and everything. Yeah. Choose your mark. She'll do, just like I showed you. I really love the innovation of the single sustained note. Take what's yours. Indicate when people are being synesthetic. Do you have the time? Of course. So every that time someone's using their synesthesia piece. intentionally, you. there's this that each ha you each have your own um, uh, instrument with it giving you. us the sustained note what underneath. Are you doing? Just asking the time, sir. It's time to keep walking. <laughs> of course, sir. <laughs> Did you get it? No, the station master. I'll try again, Leah. All right, I'll be right over there. Trixie Leah. Yeah. Miss, you dropped this coin. Oh, thank you, sir. I. There it is. You all right? <laughs> I heard it. I just had the strangest. You look familiar. That's all. 
The name's Pinkerton. Alan Pinkerton. I'm Kate. Kate, Kate, Kate. All of that didn't, was a <laughs> was right now. Right now, all of the well, scene is nice not day. in the stage play. You, you too, this Mr. Part, this interaction between the two of them. What was that? Why did you? It was just a walk through, right? Yeah, like he just look? walked on. That's yeah. it. Yeah, they just looked at each other. Like I knew him. Maybe I should leave that man be. Yeah, you really had to re to rethink a lot of these scenes when. I'm Mm -hmm. When all the visual is taken out of it, didn't you? Kate, I promise, Leah. And an honest man will hurt you worse than a wicked one if you cross him. But that look is so I've key because mm -hmm. that's how Leah Forget disrupts Forget disrupts their meeting. I'll try yeah, all right. Pay you back. I'm curious how many times you had to sort of inject more you read. into the episodes than the stage yeah. play okay. to accommodate like that. It's at least like 15% of the play is different. Mm -hmm. You have a tell too. Were there things that you could, that you could remove too, or that you had yes, to remove? Yes, yes. And that some of them didn't it's become subtle, but it's um, there. noticeable until we, <laughs> we, I heard them. It was like, no, please cut that. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the podcast itself is what, six episodes? Yes. Yeah. And they're about a half an hour each. Is that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's quite a. I don't know if it's I four additional it. hours. Yeah. <laughs> no problem picking pockets. It isn't stealing. It's Opposite problem of mm -hmm. the stage play where it was always, you know, trim that, let it just happen. Trim that, let it just happen. I've got an angle on him. Actually, at the someone with your in the stage play, whenever she would lie, she would clench her fists. Uh, so it was this nice visual interest. But here we had to make it a intake of breath that was like audible about it i wondered about that when i was reading it or reading it because uh, uh, that was something that I, I don't remember having happened when i saw the stage play what do you see a mark no that woman just appeared out of nowhere if she ain't a mark i got a train to catch i'll be in rochester for a month sorting out some family business footnotes we also got to add the footnotes <laughs> that's right that's right I love the footnotes. I was so excited when I started seeing footnotes. <laughs> I just like love that whole concept of putting that in. Well, in the, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just say it's a great way to add depth. It's in. It came from when I shared the script with um, with Tilly and Susan, a pen and audio. Um, I had all these footnotes in the bottom of the script to explain what was going on, to explain that all of these people are real, to explain where they came from. Just isn't because I'd done all this research and I just had had notes. They were almost like notes for anyone who would do a further production, like dramaturgy. And uh, and so they were saying uh, that because they were not so immersed in the world, those footnotes were really key in understanding what was going on, and they recommended just putting them in. Stay safe, Leah. That was that was an addition that they came up with that I loved. Yeah, they're like little nuggets of gold. And I, I listen to a lot of. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I listen to a lot of classic radio and a lot of those, it, and it fits in completely with the aesthetic of a lot of those old mm. shows that do historical things. They're always dropping in the, the real facts. I'm thoroughly delighted. I also remember in the live show, uh, it really changed experience for people who had either read all of the background or who like came out of intermission and read it and were like, oh, Kate's a real part. You know, they were just having oh, this yeah. moment and it changed uh -huh. their relationship to the story when they knew that. So 
Um, obviously, everyone knows who some of the characters are, but especially those smaller ones, when people had that realization that they were based in history, it kind of it blew their mind, it pulled them in. I know that two and two. Yeah, that's right. We had we held a whole display out in the lobby of yeah five. That would give me much greater pleasure. Lord Byron also expressed this opinion in the year 1812 in a letter to his future ex-wife and Lady Lovelace's mother. His future ex-wife. <laughs> Byron called his princess the parallelogram. Also, Lord Byron also expressed this opinion is a thing Lord Byron does a lot. Well, if I can't quote myself, who can I quote? <laughs> you found our object. Logic isn't magic. I love that line. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm just backing up and seeing that. At an anomaly, Mr. Babbage isn't. Tobacco and peppermint is a little like. What isn't that? Darian, um, conclusion? Uh, what is it called when you when you leave a leave a clue? Oh shoot! Why don't you? I want to call it a golden apple. That's uh, anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a little hidden gem for me because um, tobacco and peppermint is what um, uh, Haley Mills smells on her grandfather in um, uh, in the Parent Trap. <gasps> I didn't know that. Easter egg. Oh my goodness! Easter egg. Thank yeah. you. Do you mean me? I haven't noticed anyone else slyly eavesdropping on my companion and myself. Haley Mills references. You <laughs> are. You got a sustained cello note, Daniel. Oh, nice. And now, listening, I know many things about. This is the tango music. Good. Followed on hard times through no fault of your own, of course. And I know you've taken to performing small groups. I love what that says about the the way that. Byron's kind of like trying to woo Kate <laughs> to the. He can't turn it off. He's yeah, he just... can't. <laughs> it's just who he is. Likely, as I've already said that I have. I'm prepared to scream. No harm will come to you. This girl bothering you, Mister. She's trouble. Not at all. We are having a charming conversation, are we not? Charming. If you say so. <laughs> and you, I've got my eye on you. It's like that used to be a gesture. <laughs> oh yeah. Become you, sir. My critics agree with you, Miss Warren. But you may but I'm not here to sell your reputation. I'm loving everybody's accents in this. Your point to bring this. Byron's such a scoundrel. What a joyful scoundrel! <laughs> I know. Excellent it's, I feel like the, What's it to do with me? the deeper you get into Byron, then the more you dislike him, and then the, if you go another layer, then you like him again, and then you go another layer, then you dislike him. <laughs> you never get trying, to know your heroes. Yeah, exactly. My apologies. Who are you? Let's not spoil it. Go. The decision is yours. I wish I had the the chutzpah to be able to say that if somebody said who are you to just say let's not spoil it <laughs> <laughs> that's a brilliant line now i think this is like getting a little truncated with the with the, the play through our playthrough the uh, audio can't we play a game first no we can play chess in another Imogen. moment my dear Will you record me in this one? 
Recording. Copper finial, <laughs> number 16. I'm fastening the finial to the ship to harness her tethering ability and channel the noospheric currents. Will it hurt? I shouldn't think so. If I'm right, the finial will allow me to direct currents of information from the noosphere. Sharif's Tesla was so counterpoint to Zora's uh, Roy. Will this have oh, an yeah. effect on the anomaly uh, we were trying was, to correct? You had a, such a, um, an excellent question. assertive, I'm assertive Tesla, and Sharif's now. is so um, <laughs> gentle. It's well, like just got a, a really different feel to it. Yeah. It was really helpful in casting because I was like, so I was so sad that you couldn't be Very a part of it. And then when casting came and he was so opposite Ooh. of everything that you did, it was a lot easier oh. to cast him than somebody who was similar. I really enjoy what he did with the character. Yeah, what he does I really with love it. I, I can't help but think Roy was in Roy's performance was informed by the fact that he'd played Edison. Mm -hmm. And so he knew of that, yeah. that relationship between the two of them and couldn't help <laughs> bringing out yeah. the definitely. Yeah, it definitely it was. <laughs> well, he brought a uh he brought a vulnerability to mm -hmm. it that we hadn't realized mm -hmm. would be in that character. Mm -hmm. Because I think Tesla is such an icon that he, I don't know. Thinking of him as like a person who had fears and foibles and and um, wasn't necessarily always sure of himself with other people, mm -hmm. which then allows that relationship with um, yeah. with the and, and I've forgotten the ship, the Mary Celeste, Mary Celeste, right? Yeah. To, to allow that relationship to sort of blossom, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's also something delightfully like neurodivergent about his performance, which like mm. it yes. just um, mm -hmm. I suggested it. Made 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 Tesla as a counterpoint to some of the rest of the characters. Women mm. are only interested. I I was heartbroken when Rowan Chanri uh, moved away, and I and I wasn't going to get to play with him anymore. But Alyssa and Shreve uh, really mm -hmm. inhabited these characters in lovely ways. We don't have any secretarial openings at present. Your advertisement. Oh. It's the advertisement I made. Excellent work, Lord Byron. Why on earth should I, I consider that. hiring Echo. a woman detective? Yeah. A woman could worm out secrets in places a male detective might never hope to go. There's that line. I suppose the question then. <laughs> That's right. There used to be a, a, woman a footnote here Mr. because that line Certainly actually came from how Pinkerton describes Kate um, uh, and why he decided to hire her was because she had said a woman can worm out secrets in places a male detective might never hope to go. And that was, and Pinkerton was very, he wrote a lot of books. Uh, really? So, and, yeah. Uh, he, there, for your there's also a lot of fiction. He wrote a lot of fiction based on his kind of so I could detective adventures. Oh, wow. Acting and sleight of hand And so his description of encountering Kate is well. uh, is what inspired this scene. In fact, what inspired the whole play. You, for instance, Mr. Excellent. Pinkerton. I can tell from the way you finger that ring you're happily married, though the state of your dress shirt shows me you often sleep in this office. Your bearing betrays that you used to be in the army. No. And I keep thinking that, Darian, you dipped into the noosphere for this idea all those years ago because I this know. kind of idea, you know, now that so many of these historical women sort mm -hmm. of detective things. Don't it's, want to mm. seriously, which is a mistake. How did your husband die? Why do you? No husband would allow his wife to enter this line of second work. Second, so other daughter pair here. His wishes, or <clears throat> and uh, dueling Sherlock's <laughs> wishes, Mrs. Warren. My husband is dead, sir. Oh well, you have my condolences. Thank you. 
You're clever, I grant you. But it takes more than smarts to be a detective. It takes steel. Sewing clothes and play-acting aren't precisely what I'm looking for. I have no way to judge your steel. How can I prove it to you? Are you an honest, God-fearing woman? I fail to see why my faith is relevant to catching criminals. This job requires you to lie, Mrs. Warren. Well, and often, and without a second thought. This is uh, Pinkerton's... As a detective, I not A lot of lie. Pinkerton's words here. Uh, he, he talked a lot about I take the only this thing a criminal truly calls sense of... His pride. Of befriending criminals befriend and how it's it's this it's a rare thing for a criminal to have trust this trust trust that is to gain that trust i must you're a, you have to so you have to betray them you have to get so close really to, to them that you have to betray them i'm no longer oh, was this in like a, a like a how-to manual that he wrote or was this just he, a it was memoir like, like memoirs yeah and my personal thoughts but these are all cases that um he and kate worked on together or uh, george gordon mr maroney a cargo. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite one. I feel like Troy had the most delightful, like, scenery chewing sort of moment with his monologue. He just ate up this. Like, it was, I won't speak for him, but it seemed like one of his favorite little moments. Then my felonious friend looks me in felonious. the eye and he isn't outraged. He is saddened by my betrayal. Uh. <laughs> uh, Marina was a real revelation to us when she came into the audition room as well. Uh, I know there's a difference between lying. I'd had a real hard time finding Kate, figuring her out, um, because she has the character with the least known about her. Um, there's just very little information from her point of view, unlike the rest of them. All the rest of the people are very verbose. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so I had to really make her up a bit. Everything from her is from Pinkerton's perspective. Well, and Marina came in with just a such a generous presence. Yes. Where yes. she, you know, she took everyone else in so well, and it felt really true mm -hmm. to what Kate was in the story. It was really beautiful. What? Yeah, she that has a great way of engaging. Mm -hmm. conducted me to open a tether and, and having seen her in the stage production that, like that just that grounded presence she would have in the as soon as she came on stage it always was observations now i do great and that dear listeners is where we must leave our adventurers what no oh, <laughs> already <laughs> Nothing. Somebody was talking over the whole thing. I missed. <laughs> <laughs> Next time in the Baltimore plot, ideas are I loved having mm. having her having the Mary Celeste as the narrator is really lovely for me. Yeah. Mr. Pinkerton is one of those precautions. Who are you? Without a time, Mrs. Wall. Get your hands off me. I promise I'm here to help. Mysterious men may be charming, but they're rarely honest. Mm. I've done nothing. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that clearly enough. It reminds me of one of my favorite lines from Into the Woods. Mm. I was supposed to be charming, not sincere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> productions would like to express our thanks to our stars. Daniel Christensen as Lord Byron. Sharif Amin as Nikola Tesla, Caitlin Francis as Leah Fox, 
Troy Lund as Alan this whole group just still well, feels so much like my family. Mm. As All of you. Well, we miss you all terribly. Mutual. Cylon was conceived and written by Darian Lindell, the Baltimore Oh my gosh. Well, this is so fun. Thank you guys so much for your your time. It's nice to get to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Yes, thank you. Also, just experiencing listening this together as it's a real thing, and. And so different than, you know, we did the show mm -hmm. live and then it was, a whole other it was gone thing. and it's just in our guts, right? In our memories. And then now this, this exists and we get to have access to it. I love it. Well, and it definitely feels, um, I mean, it's, it's not as um, cutting or poignant uh, now as it was in the, in the, uh, the heart of the pandemic, but it, it really mm. provided, um, at least some of the intimacy that we lost um, when we when we lost our ability to spend uh, time in our room together. Agreed. Thanks okay. for that. Yeah. All right. Awesome. I love y'all so much. Uh, I'm excited to hear what this sounds like as a podcast. <laughs>